Welcome back, everybody. We're back uh, this week with another podcast. And uh, boy, I've got to say, Cecile, what a year so far. 2020 has been a real doozy, hasn't it? Oh, my it? gosh. Yeah, we, we thought it was uh, sad when mm-hmm. it started with the news about Kobe, sure, uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Mm-hmm. And then we seem like just started skidding right into this global pandemic. I, I think all of us have so much emotional fatigue and, and worries on our shoulders that we ask ourselves sometimes, how can we keep carrying all of this this weight, all mm-hmm. this burden? And now we're dealing with a really historic uh, turning point uh, in our history, of course. That's right. um, we're talking about the uh, many demonstrations going around worldwide, asking for social change and reform um, in policing and in many other aspects. Um, and of course, that is affecting a lot of people right now. And our original topic for today, which we're sticking to, is relationships. And while it sounds like such a broad uh, brush to paint with, Cecile, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it all. Yes. Right? And I think that it, it is important for us to talk about relationships because it is at the base of what a relationship is, is an exchange, is a connection, it's a bond from one human to another, from an individual to a collective, be it just one other person or to a number of people like your relationship with your family. And they have positive things and they have negative and challenging things. And to your point about the demonstrations that are happening, it's this this shift that brings so much uh, emotion and mm-hmm. uh, uncertainty on top of this tremendous uncertainty that we were living with and, and, and fear and anxiety. It's testing all of our relationships, the relationship we have with our community, the relationship we have with our family, the relationship with our own belief system, how we see ourselves in our responsibility and how we're going to connect with the mm-hmm. world around us. And as different as the uh, topics are, we have coronavirus, COVID um, on one side, we have the demonstrations going on in the other. And and the similar um, topic or the similar thread here is that we really are in it together. Absolutely. And and let's not forget also just the normal challenges that we have on our relationships on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Individual relationships go through crises. Uh, look at the divorce rate. Look at um, the, the challenge of trying to find love uh, in, in today's world. So it's on top of just how challenging it is to connect mm-hmm. one human to another. But it's, it's important for us to, to first acknowledge that the, the crisis and the quarantine and the work from home has affected every aspect of mm-hmm. our life. We had to change the way we live in a moment's notice. So, of course, it's logical that is going to affect the, our relationships, how we connect with each other. But as in everything, we like to see the positive and the negative in it and talk about that openly. And part of the negative, too, Cecile, is the loneliness for a lot of people out there who may not be uh, with a partner or a roommate or, or maybe living with family. Yes. I know that uh, loneliness is something that a lot of people are dealing with. Yeah, some people are calling it the loneliness pandemic. Mm. And if you so if you unpack that for a moment and we think that we are becoming keenly aware of the different relationships that we had, even the ones that we didn't even think were a relationship that we valued. So let's talk about work because we we all um, talk about working from home and the challenges because our world became very small, mm-hmm, so to speak. Right. 
we are um, now beginning to understand the value of the relationships we had with our colleagues. They are our contemporaries. Uh, we allowed ourselves to have moments of, of, of fun, and we, we went through challenges professionally with them. But what we also did with our work colleagues that we are now realizing is that they were sometimes the, 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 the pressure valve release. Uh, for our personal life, we talked about right, and griped right. about mm-hmm. our, our husbands and our kids sure. and, and our personal life to our work colleagues. And conversely, we talked to our families about our work colleagues and about the stresses at work. And that created a bond, that created a release. Well, we, we don't necessarily have that anymore or not to the degree that we had before because we're not seeing them eye to eye. And how do people um, just, uh, you know, uh, deal with that? Because that's something that's... Um, how do you? I mean, it's a large void yes. that people have yes. in their lives. But the positive of this, what has happened now through connecting with uh, with our colleagues and our friends as well, through things that through the medium of Zoom or d- digital connections, right, right. FaceTime, mm-hmm. correct, is that we're now allowing. Let's let's keep on the on the theme of our work colleagues. We're allowing okay. them in our personal life in a much deeper way through the window of our browser. Think of that. There are people at work that you would have never that. It's not that you would have never wanted to invite them to your home, but that was never something that you yeah, thought about. Yeah, you were about. busy with other relatives Correct. and family members, and now you're looking right into their living rooms. Correct, yeah. mm-hmm. and that has caused a, a, a disarming um, effect uh, to, to people in a positive way. We become a little bit more open to each other because we, we are technically allowing them into our room. And what another phenomena that we're talk, uh, talking about in, in tracking of what this shift in this crisis, these crises are causing on, on our normal day-to-day life and our relationships is that people are having a more open and honest discussion with others. So mm-hmm. by virtue of letting them into your home through your browser digitally, you're allowing yourself to be more open and, and share more of yourself with those individuals that before were just part of your life separate from your home life. Yeah, I've noticed it too, uh, Cecile, when it comes to uh, just my coworkers. I still go into work. It's a limited staff, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. spending more time with the people who I do see at work, uh, just catching up with them, asking how they're doing. And we're so happy to see each other on Monday, mm-hmm. and we always wish each other well on Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that uh, we may have done in the past, but we're definitely doing a little more now. Yes, because... Our jobs are obviously what we do for a living, how we afford ourselves a living, but it's important to remember and to acknowledge that our jobs are also a form of our social network. It consists of relationships that we have in a, in a connection to our aspect of our life that is very important to us. So when we don't have that connection, when we don't have that part of our routine, um, it's very challenging to us emotionally, and, and it questions, mm-hmm. puts in question mm-hmm. our relationships. And part of it is a seeing each other in person, Correct. right? Not only a, a, a conference call or a Zoom call, but it's that, you know, pat on the shoulder. It's, Going uh, out to lunch, mm-hmm. stopping for coffee, stopping by somebody's desk and chit-chatting, the, the old, uh, old world term, uh, the water cooler talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things are the very much part of the fabric of our life and part of the relationships that make up who we are as people and how mm-hmm. we process and deal with different challenges in our life. And so we don't have that now um, the way we used to. And, and you brought up loneliness. And 
as I mentioned, people are calling this also the loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. And there's an organization that tracks, uh, it's World at Work, that tracks different statistics of the dynamics of the workforce globally. Mm-hmm. And they just uh, put out some statistics that say that 61% of millennials globally are feeling much more lonely. 61%. 61%. Mm-hmm. Generation X is 51%, and the boomers is 45% have said that they feel loneliness at a, at a greater yeah. level than they did before the pandemic. Anything that's close to 50%, Cecile, you're talking about half the population or half the Correct. workforce Correct. feeling some level of loneliness, which which is high. Yes, but when we think about your work relationships, the interesting thing is that they also noted that 7 out of 10 people polled stated that they are much more concerned with the wellness of their colleagues. To your point, right. they actually ask, how are you doing? And it's no longer, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Great. It, it's really stopping and saying, mm-hmm. well, how are you? And the person becomes more uh, vulnerable and more uh, willing to say, oh, it was a tough weekend. I can't take it anymore. My kids or whatever the worries are. It's creating a deeper relationship and deeper openness between two individuals. And Cecile, in this very podcast, we've talked about the uh, now normal. So how do companies and individuals deal Um, with this new reality. That is a big challenge for them. It's a challenge for leadership across the board. It is a challenge for the companies in the very nature of how Mm -hmm. they present their culture and how they present the the entire environment in which employees come to work in and feel safe, whether they're doing it working from home or whether they're coming back physically. But let's talk about, since we're talking about relationships, mm-hmm. let's talk about how the leaders will will interact and deal with, with their employees, their subordinates. First and foremost, they have to be much more mindful of their communication. The way they engage, it has to be much more open and honest, and they have to really th- stop and and understand and hear where that person is in terms of their comfort level of coming back to the office or not, how they're processing all this change and all these challenges. Um, Aside from the more tactical aspects, which we've we've talked about in other podcasts and we'll also continue to address, of how they are able to, to measure the work that they're doing. But from a relationship perspective, it is going to challenge um, the way employees interact with each other, which we know that they're caring more about each other. But from a management perspective, that relationship has to take on a much more human connection versus just uh, boss and employee. Because we mm-hmm. all are much more um, aware of of all the challenges in our life. And, and we are, for those of us working remotely from home, mm-hmm. Our personal life and our professional life and and the relationships between both are all under one roof. I take it a lot of companies, Cecile, are are rewriting their uh, human resources manuals as we speak due to this new uh, now normal. Well, actually, human resources, as we think about it, and this is actually something we're going to also talk about mm-hmm. in another podcast, that is changing. The, the, the very no, notion of the HR person in the role is different. It's, it's really talking about the health and wellness of the company and of the people in it. So on that note, Cecile, for employees, it's okay to step up, go to your employer, head over to your human resources director, let them know you might need some help, because I know a lot of companies have been offering help for their employees, including mine, where you can go speak to a therapist, Mm -hmm. speak to someone, uh, because a lot of our personal relationships and work relationships are being affected uh, during this time. That's right. And as we say, the now normal is plagued with uncertainty, with anxiety, um, 
so many changes to uh, to our the work that we do to mm-hmm. our financial wellness so we need to create an open space and a safe space to be able to share those things and and what that happens on a what that does on a professional basis it really creates a greater humanness to the way you look at your employees you really see the individual you really acknowledge that the value that they bring is not just the skills that they have or the work that they do it's who they are as a person and who they are as an individual matters mm-hmm. beyond the work that mm-hmm. they do and whether someone is employed or not they obviously have to deal with their uh, interpersonal relationships at home and that's something that we're also yes. talking about today which affects everyone absolutely everyone. whether you are single uh, whether you were single and not dating single and dating whether you were living with someone if you're married and married with kids if you're divorced and trying to co-parent and share kids from one home to another that has become extraordinarily complicated um, because of covid uh, because of just the, the the concerns of of just the logistics but also we have put so much burden on your most intimate relationships as the, the the conduit, as the person that receives all the emotional challenges that you have because of the stressors that you're under. As we talked about earlier, that we don't have as much connection and as much of that pressure valve release because the normal rhythms of our lives have changed. And Cecile, that pressure release valve being absent um, is a problem, right? A lot of people use it. Um, mm-hmm. you, you de-stress with a friend, a coworker, mm-hmm. a, a gym buddy. You go back to work. You feel better about it. Or you go home and you feel better about things. These distractions, or maybe they're, we don't see them as distractions. They're, again, natural aspects to our life that allows us to change our framework, to worry about something different, to to uh, relax and to clear our mm-hmm. minds. Those are all, for, for the most part, are gone. Or you're having to do them like a workout, like a, a, what you would normally do at the gym. You're having to do it at home. Indeed. And those distractions are actually... Um, may other times take a negative uh, connotation, but in this case, these are positive distractions. I I can't tell you for me personally, I cannot wait to pack my schedule again with all the things that I used to do, that even the stress of driving in in a traffic city like Los Angeles, I crave for that. It's nice right now to be able to go, it feels like from one side of the the city to another without any traffic that takes, you know, the normal amount it should take driving. Mm -hmm. I miss, I miss all these other things that were part of my life. And, and talking about distractions and the impact that that has on a, on a personal life. I was actually on the phone with a a client of mine Mm -hmm. who happens to be an HR professional and and I asked him, how are you? And normally it would have been, I'm great, how are you? And not a not a real conversation. It Today when I asked him, how are mm-hmm. you? He kind of took a deep breath and just sighed and he said, it's hard. I jumped in and I said, it is really hard. And I shared a little bit about what I was going through. And then he opened up and he reminded me, which I had forgotten, that he has three kids under the age of five. Mm -hmm. He and his wife are very um, hardworking professionals Mm -hmm. with very demanding careers. And he said, I have never had to negotiate so much with my wife in terms of 
I have a call, but I have a call. Well, who's going to watch the kids or who's going to prepare lunch? Who's going to prepare dinner? And he said, it's just, it's chaotic and we're getting our work done. We're, we're, we're trying to be very kind and loving to each other. And we thought we were exhausted before when we came home from work and all the million things we thought we did uh, during our day. He said, we are more exhausted now than mm-hmm. we ever were before. Yeah, I bet they are. And also children, they pick up on all these uh, clues from parents. They, they know exactly what's going on. Absolutely. And it affects the whole family dynamic. Absolutely, and affects the relationships. And and whether you're single or whether you are cohabitating with somebody or whether you're married, um, I think being stuck in what I hear from people say, I feel like I'm doing the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over again. I'm tired of just being Mm -hmm. at home. That pressure that you feel as just a human being it has an impact on your personal relationships. It has an, an impact with, with your family or or mm-hmm. with uh, your husband mm-hmm. or your spouse or, or even just your roommate. That is going to wear on it. Uh, we human beings are, are driven and, and understand two things. We understand uh, structure and predictability, but we also crave newness. We create right. novelty. Yeah, definitely. That's what I've heard from a lot of friends and a lot of colleagues is about the um, that Groundhog Day effect mm-hmm. that the uh, pandemic put them in where every day was the same as, as the last. And uh, even yesterday, I heard somebody say, hey, what, what day of the week is it? Y- yes. None mm-hmm. of us are sleeping well. We, mm-hmm. You're right. We, we don't even know what day of the week it is. Just again, what we felt was comfortable in our life because we had a structure is gone. And even the things that we used to crave, I have a girlfriend who uh, was, I think we all have a friend that mm-hmm. always said, you know, I wish my husband talked more to, more with me. I, I, I want to have more time with, with my husband. He doesn't listen to me. She recently said, I want him out of the house. He's I, I'm, talking too much. <laughs> he's talking too much. We've run out of interesting things to say to each other. And and, and there's um, a, another concept that has come up that's called compassion fatigue. People are tired of of either t- always talking about the fact that they feel scared or they're, they're tired about going through the same things every day, that Groundhog's Day effect sure. that you said. And they feel like they're saying it to the same people over and over again because they're stuck at home with with the same people or they can only connect with certain friends at certain depths so it's it's really challenging our personal relationships but i think like everything beautiful things can also come out of that yeah asking somebody these days how are you is really a loaded question because you can almost empathize with them already you know what the answer is going to be yes and many people are calling this the empathy pandemic and and that is something juan that i think we really should pause and, and talk about because mm-hmm. of what we're going through, uh, certainly as a nation, and now we're seeing globally. And, and it's a beautiful thing that we're seeing it globally. And it's um, the relationship we have with race, especially we as Americans, mm-hmm. what the protesters, uh, protesters are showing, what the, the aspects of COVID has had on race. We all see it. The stats are there. It has disproportionately affected minorities, specifically African-Americans, uh, in the way, in the infection rate and the death rate. I think that, that the, the impact of all of this, of this crisis, is also bringing to light the, the social and racial inequalities that we feel. And to the point about empathy, COVID has brought greater empathy among people, which is a beautiful mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Created more deeper, honest, honest conversations. And as we're seeing the demonstrations uh, because of what happened to George Floyd, mm-hmm. we are seeing Americans of all walks of life become engaged, create a relationship with 
people that they don't know through empathy, compassion, and a sense of what's right. We are also seeing it globally. We're seeing people from all over the world stand in, mm-hmm. in solidarity with uh, individuals that they don't know, that they will never meet mm-hmm. because they believe in, in equality and because they have shared great empathy with what's happening. Yeah, just this week I saw protests in Berlin. Mm-hmm. There were protests in Paris. Mm-hmm. And of course, Australia. Um, Australia. And now um, one week into the protests here in the United States, if you look at the crowds, um, the crowds that are showing up are uh, men, women, African-American, All Latino, ages. Asians, white. I mean, really, um, if the, uh, the, the term, you know, we're in it together isn't more true these days, I don't know what is because I have noticed that. And hopefully this coming together of everyone for such a prolonged period of time is going to lead to some uh, some big changes for everybody because it really sounds like and feels like a turning point in, in American history. Much needed changes. And the tools that we would recommend to help better and strengthen relationships on an individual basis. We talked about it from a work perspective, and now we're talking about it from a community perspective, and and let's even take it one step beyond that as global citizens, and that is communication. Uh, We have seen how truly empathizing with someone and choosing to speak with with an open hand versus reaching out with a clenched fist mm-hmm. has de-escalated sure. some extraordinarily frightening and intense moments uh, in our nation uh, as Americans. We have seen uh, people of all races choose to take a knee, choose to say, I am not going to resort to violence. I am going to talk. I'm going to listen. And being empathetic, and we, we, we talk about this in our work that we do with our clients, we talk about cognitive empathy not just saying what is that cognitive empathy is taking one step further to saying oh i I, i'm sorry for how you feel i'm sorry for your loss right the 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 words that come rolling out of our mouth Mm -hmm. cognitive empathy is taking it deeper is saying i'm going to stand here and truly understand intellectually beyond just an emotional reaction of when you ask somebody, oh, how's your dad? A friend you haven't seen for a long time. Oh, gosh, you know, Juan, my, my dad died last year. Immediately is, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm, Staying mm-hmm. in the uncomfortable, the challenging, and saying, tell me about it. What happened? Why do you feel that way? Yeah. Without judgment. That's cognitive empathy. Wanting to truly understand the point of view of someone else. Well, without knowing it, I think I experienced that when my own dad passed away. I had a coworker come up to me. I didn't know much about him. And he asked me how I was doing. And after I, I spoke to him, he said, well, my dad passed away of cancer mm-hmm. a few years ago. I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here. And to this day, I feel closer to him. Yes. I feel we have a, a connection. And um, it was just those few moments we shared um, at the office. And that is how easily you can take someone that is whatever degrees of separation to mm-hmm. you, just mm-hmm. because he's a co-worker, co-worker, to bringing much closer understanding and awareness and empathy and connectivity mm-hmm. um, in, in a moment's notice. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that globally. We're seeing that these uh, the broken racial relationships that we have, the respect that we have for each other, we're seeing that being elevated through very traumatic, very challenging, very scary things, but most monumental changes in our life as we have learned from covid come under great stress 
under mm -hmm. crisis. And those, again, are those crucible moments that we as human beings have a choice to make. How am I going to react to this moment? And the best way to, to communicate how you're reacting is let's choose words. Let's mm -hmm. choose to share how we are feeling, how we, how we see the world, how we are experiencing it, and engage the other person into a dialogue. And start by saying, I'm going to truly listen and understand how you're feeling about this and find a common ground, find a connection. Mm -hmm. You talk about the uncomfortable. You talk about pressure. I've often heard this comparison that uh, you know coal under a great deal of pressure mm -hmm. leads to a beautiful diamond. And hopefully great, that's great. exactly what's happening right now. Right? Great expression. And we have a choice. But we have to understand that just like change in every aspect of our life does not happen. It's one and done. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes understanding. It takes patience that although we see where we want to be, we have to understand that if we're not there tomorrow, it doesn't mean that we blow up or, and it doesn't mean that we give up. It means that we stay the course. We understand that it's going to take time. The behavior takes effort and repetition mm -hmm. and accountability. Um, and, and we also have to understand the impact that all of this is having on our relationship with, with those around us and the relationship with ourselves. We have to be kind and gentle to each other. We have to choose the words that we use to express to ourselves mm -hmm. how we're feeling mm -hmm. and how we're reacting to things. I have a friend that uh, she recently moved and she called me actually yesterday and she asked me, Cecile, I think I need to uh, either get a humidifier for my apartment or I need to get a, a, a fan. And I thought, she lives in this beautiful high rise. I said, well, did you open a window? And she said, <laughs> yes. And she said, I, she said, but I feel like I can't breathe. Well, that definitely, Cecile, is a lot more serious, right? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, it was. So I, I asked her, when you first moved in, which was about a month ago mm -hmm. or, or more, I said, did you feel this way? Did you feel that, that you couldn't breathe? And she said, well, no. She hadn't mentioned it to me. So she said, no, I, I didn't. And I said, well, when did you start feeling that? She said, well, actually about four days ago. And I took a pause. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, mm -hmm. so what do you feel? She says, I feel like there's just pressure on my chest. I said, do you feel like there's someone on your chest, like someone's pressing on your chest? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, I can't breathe. That's so stressful, my goodness. And Juan, I, I took a beat. I, I almost wanted to cry mm -hmm. because you know what we're talking about. We're talking about George Floyd. Mm -hmm. We're talking about what happened and we keep hearing, I can't breathe. And we saw it. We saw those images. We heard him say it. Over and over. And it's over. almost hard to, to forget, yeah. So that is the thing about empathy. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. you open yourself up, to human connection, real human connection. Pain comes, but mm -hmm. beautiful things come. Growth mm -hmm. comes, change comes. We are all feeling we can't breathe. The nation can't breathe, our city can't breathe. The globe is joining us and saying, we can't breathe, this has to stop. Our relationship with each other as human mm -hmm. beings, our relationship as members of this community matter, how we treat our, ourselves, mm -hmm. the respect that we give each other, the dignity of giving someone our empathy and our compassion for their human experience, especially if it's very different than ours, mm -hmm. matters. We three are minorities. Right. You and I are Hispanics. 
Sean, our executive producer, is African American. Mm-hmm. We can fill hours of podcast time sure. talking about the different experiences, the different relationships, both positive and negative, that have shaped our lives. I think part of the reason why we created this podcast mm-hmm. was to create an open and safe place where we can talk about everything from A to Z. Because we always did that on the phone. We and, and it was our pressure relief valve, right? And at the end of the phone call, I'd hang up the phone. I would definitely feel a lot better about it. Correct. And when we limit that, bad things happen to ourselves as, our, as a challenge to our mental health and well-being, which is severely being affected mm-hmm. by COVID. And, as our, and, and it affects negatively also to the relationships that we have to others. But it also beautiful things can happen like this, this, this sense of collective awareness that we have a responsibility to better the relationship we have with each other as a member of society, mm-hmm. that we have to have the, the, the willingness to sit in very uncomfortable problems for which there are no singular solutions, right. but a multiple of solutions, a lot of failure, but hopefully a lot of success. But the one failure we cannot accept is not moving forward and not communicating. We saw through this crisis of this race crisis and the mm-hmm. demonstrations how Certain officials, certain police officers, certain mayors, certain individuals chose to reach out and communicate and express themselves positively, Mm -hmm. as difficult as it was, and we saw de-escalation happen. Same thing can happen on a personal basis in your personal life to your boss by saying, I don't know that I feel comfortable coming back to work. I'm not yet. Or... Um, saying those things to your friends, opening it, opening yourself up more to your colleagues. The, this is the, the meat of a relationship that makes it sustainable, that makes it enriching, and that connects us and creates a bond. Mm-hmm. Something that I saw this week that really uh, had an impact on me, uh, Cecile, was you know the city of Los Angeles brought in the National Guard to help mm-hmm. um, the police and the fire department out here and there was a moment that was captured on camera that was a 15 year old boy wanted a selfie with one of these um, National Guardsmen. Well, he took a moment to talk to the young man, telling him that he wants exactly what this community wants. He said, most people look at us like these robo cops, Mm -hmm. these robot soldiers, but we're not. We're family uh, members, we have family members, we have people we care about and we want exactly what you want and this 15 year old boy embraced the the soldier they had a moment and talking about a de-escalation the Mm -hmm. people that witnessed that the 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 tension just lifted from that moment and i'm so glad that uh, we were able to share that with so many people and and national guard they are citizens they are Mm -hmm. people who volunteer to to protect and to care for the communities that they are invested Mm -hmm. in protecting and so again this is also being called the empathy pandemic Mm -hmm. and that is a beautiful positive important shift that is that is happening globally Mm -hmm. we have to uh, as much as we think about ourselves and as much as we think about our own health and wellness as members of a society, of a family, of a company, of a, of a community, of, of a world, as global citizens, we have to have the capacity to care for our well-being mm-hmm. in conjunction to those who matter the most, our friends, family, loved ones, our spouses, as well as 
everybody else around us because we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that both the um, the pandemic and this um, crisis, this racial crisis came kind of hand in hand. You talk about caring for one another. Um, when it came to COVID, wearing a mask was about me protecting you and you protecting me. And now speaking about what's going on, it's it's caring about each other as Correct. well. It's, it's it, it boils down to, to that simple concept. Correct. As Americans, we talk about we the people. Who's we? We has to be all of us. All of us. All of us on the uh, on on this planet, all of us in this country. We all have to fundamentally believe and act and create policies and and engage in a way where we truly believe we are all created equal. And whenever there's inequality, whenever there is an acceptance and a tolerance of inequality. We are creating degrees of value in relationships among humans. That is not a good place to be. That is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is not enriching. That does not um, allow us as a people, as a community to move forward because that means we don't care about the same things. We don't value the same things. And the thing that I'm talking about is not uh, money or status or a house versus mm-hmm. an apartment. It is human value and as we like to do with every podcast we always like to end it with why it matters and cecile it sounds like that's exactly why it does absolutely communication true honest authentic communication and empathy is the foundation of strong relationships that is what builds intimacy and connection as we tape the podcast today outside of of our windows outside of our homes the protests are gaining in intensity and all of that is based on the fundamental principle of people don't feel that they're heard, their voices don't matter, therefore their lives don't matter. So why does this matter? Because connection and relationship is the foundation of a happy, healthy society, couple, friends, family, and individual. And that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great day because above all else, you matter.